I wish I was. I wish I could. I love this. And we want to welcome you to our last installment of our Quit series. And I love this video because I bet you everyone who came to church this morning was thinking the same way. I wonder if I could dress as good as Pastor Rich. <laughs> nice try. But we were checking our hair. You got no hair, you wish you had hair. You got too much hair, you wish you had no hair. Got the wrong shoes on. I hope my makeup's looking good. We compare ourselves to one another. And it happens, that's the elephant in the room, because right now some of y'all looking at one another. Well, I can dress like that. Think about it. I quit comparing myself, comparing myself with others. And that's what this last installment is. I love that video because we all deal with it every single day because we look at other people like Alan said and we compare ourselves with other people and we lower the standard in our lives when we should really compare ourselves to where God is and he can lift you up as you really honestly see where he is and you see where yourself in him because comparing will destroy you and we all do it I wish I had a better car I wish one, everyone, I think four years ago, everybody wanted an SUV. Now they wish they had a Toyota, a Toyota because of gas prices. I wish, I wish, I wish. And what I want to talk about today, I want to smash that wish and say I'm glad that I am who I am. And God says I am awesome. And God says I am good looking. And God says I can do all things through, through him who strengthens me. Because we have to take those voices of looking at other people, looking at other situations out of our mind, and we have to put God's word in our mind, and we have to see ourselves, guys, as God sees us, not as other people see us. I love what Alan said. He just preached the whole message, so I'm going home now. <laughs> Amen. I want to take you um, to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. And Alan took you there earlier. This is... Um, Apostle Paul defending his ministry, and he was dealing with people who was putting him down. And I love the way he starts it. He starts it off, I'm not going to go that route. I'm going to brag about Christ. But he says, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but, we, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. Another version says they are ignorant comparing themselves with one another. Because comparing yourselves with others leads you up to acting prideful. Think about it. If you feel like you look at somebody, and we've done it before, sure glad I'm not like them. I got it all together. They don't have much going on. Pride. Second one is feeling inferior. You see somebody, and you desire to be like that person. And you feel like you can never achieve, but you're looking at the wrong thing. You feel less. Or in the church world, someone has a gift that you don't have, and you think you'll never achieve that gift, you start to feel inferior, so you never function in the kingdom of God. Because you say, well, I can never achieve that. I can never do this. Like, here's the, um, here's the problem when you, ha when you talk about pastors and we get up here and preach. We get paid. We are professionals. We learn how to study the word and how to prepare the word. But people get, I can't do that. I can't, I can't preach the gospel. I can't share my faith like that guy. You're not supposed to. 
You're all unique. You share it the way God tells you to share it. Because if you look at your fingerprints, everyone look at your finger. They're not the same. You are unique. You're the only you that can do what you're called to do. So you don't need to feel inferior about anything. Churches compete against churches, compare churches. Oh, that's a big church downtown, a big church. I wish I was a small church. And we even have members or attenders comparison shopping. I'll compare this church to that church. They have a great youth ministry, so I'll bring my kids on Wednesday night there. And they have a great praise service, so I'll go at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning, praise there. And I love their discipleship. I'll go there at 1030. We compare churches. We compare things. And we don't need to. We need to act like guys. Guys, be honest. Your wife sends you to the store to buy something. Do you compare the prices? Who says yes? Okay, Rich, you messed up the the plan. Get out. I grab it. Now, two days later, my wife shows. She says, how much you pay for that? And I know where she's going with that. <laughs> Four dollars. It was two dollars over here. See, we don't have to compare anything. I don't have to comparison shop. This is my home. If God has called you to a church and called you to a house and wants you to plant there, you don't have to compare with anybody else. This is where God called us. Because you're called to do something. We're all called to do something great. Did you know that? I hope no one thinks they're a mistake. You're all called to do something great because greatness is in you. Because our creator is, awesome, is great, and he makes great children. So never think you're not great. And you don't only think you don't have a plan. Now, that might work out the way you think it should work out, but God's working it. Amen? The last one is being jealous. Being jealous. You see someone dressed nice or this way. I remember a guy who told me, and um, he was a car salesman. He said this. He says, I, uh, when people come to my lot and they're dressed nice, I take them for everything they can get because I know they can afford it. I can't afford it, but I can, get, I can get some money from them. You know, that guy was a minister in another church. See how he saw the external? And he made a judgment. Because let me tell you guys, when you compare somebody, again, you're making a judgment call. And you're, you're working on an assumption, which is the lowest level of thinking. You're assuming something that's not true. You see someone blessed or you feel they're blessed, and you look at and you, and you make all these judgments, and you have no idea where they came from. No idea where they came from. You don't know what their, where their background, how they got to where they were going. You don't know. Unless you compare yourself with God. Those three, things, when you, those three things, when you compare yourself uh, with others, it leads us to acting prideful, feeling inferior, and being jealous. And there's a core word through all this, because I'm going to get into the good stuff. It's called insecurity. When you're insecure, is the root cause of comparing ourselves to others. When you don't know who you are or whose you are, you're insecure. And insecurity will cause you to live a discontented life, Will try to make you please, try to please people, a, a person pleaser, because you're insecure about yourself. You don't know who you are. You don't know whose you are. And that leads to you comparing to yourself. 
I don't know who I am. I want to be like them. I remember walking in this when I first got called to ministry, my pastor overseas in Okinawa, Japan. His, his routine on preaching was he would stay up all night and preach, I mean, and, and study. And I, my job when we were together was to keep him awake so he study and pray. So I figured, I'm going to be just like Pastor James. That's how you do it. I want to be just like him. I want to preach the word of God because he was awesome when he preached the word of God. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to stay up all night. And I'm going to preach the word the next day, and everyone's going to enjoy it. If they don't get it, that's their fault. And I will get up, and I will stay up all night. And Don remembers this. And I'm like this, and I have about 16 cups of coffee. And I'm going, and I'm going. And I come up, and I preach. First of all, no one understood what I was saying. Some of them got it because I was really up there. And if they didn't get it, I blamed them for it. And then I would say, the Holy Spirit's changing the message because I can't see my notes. Really, I couldn't see my notes. I was so tired. <laughs> I couldn't see anything. The page go, whoa. And I start preaching the end from the beginning. It's like, oh, the anointing is here. Holy, you know, I'm like, I can't see. <laughs> and I was up there, yeah, the God, the Holy Spirit really moved. I preached the end from the beginning because I was out of control. That's not me. That's not me. But I was insecure. And I was comparing myself with Pastor James. And I wasn't being myself. And you, the Bible is full of places where people are comparing one another. Full of places. I love this. When you go to the Old Testament, the children of Israel, birthed by God, God's doing amazing things in their lives. Starting in 1 Samuel chapter 8, they got tired of God being their king. And they called that him being his king a theocracy. He was their king. The God that created everything was their king that can provide everything. They got sick of it. You know what they said? They said this. We want to be like everyone else. Give us a man. Give us a king. We want to be like the rest of the nations. Think about it. They rejected God Almighty. For a guy. Comparing, well, we want to be like everybody else. Because they're having fun. You know the worst beating I ever got growing up? Is when I did something. And my mom always said this. Why'd you do that? And, you know, you get a quick spanking when you say, I don't know. (laughs) But you get a heck of a beating when you say, because Johnny did it. You know, when you got the spanking, and, they, and she, I mean, pain makes you stand up. Because <laughs> I wanted to get Johnny too, got me in trouble. She says, you're not Johnny. No, I'm not. <laughs> Worst beating I ever got. Some of y'all need a, no, I'm just kidding. Roll your eyes. You can't roll your eyes in my, in my house. You don't roll eyes. If the only time you roll your eyes is when you have to pick them up. And time out was after the beating. You needed some time out. Anyway, how do I get on that? Anyway, but compare ourselves. But think about it. They did not want the king. The king of kings and the Lord. They didn't want them to be king. They want this guy named Saul. Mr. And Saul was an amazing guy. Taller than everybody. Handsome. 
Should have been on GQ magazine. Awesome guy. Problem was solved. He was insecure. Had an obedience problem. God told him to do something. He couldn't wait. He wanted to please the people. And Saul never saw himself how the people saw him. They say he was anointed. He was prophetic. He was the man above. He, no one's ever, in, in, in chapter 10, verse 24 in 1 Samuel, no one's ever seen a man like this before. But he had a problem. He was comparing himself with the next king that was in line when, he, when God took his kingdom, David. Remember David? And let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 8 and 9. It's King Saul. Now, this is after David and Goliath, and David's coming on the scene. And in those days, when they went to war, the king came back, and everyone came out. They would come out, and they celebrate the victory for the king. They came to see Saul. And the ladies would come out and sing a song. Saul sung, you know, killed his thousands. He killed thousands of people. He got mad because they said, well, David killed his 10,000. And they were coming to see Saul. And this is what happened. And Saul was very angry. And this saying displeased him. He said, they have ascribed to 10, David's 10,000s. And to me, they have ascribed thousands. And what more can he have but the kingdom? Insecure. And God was going to give him the kingdom. And this is what it says here. And Saul, I, David, from that day on. He was jealous of David because of what they said. Think about it. How many get caught up being jealous? When you're getting blessed, but you see someone else get blessed more than you. But you get jealous and you miss your blessing. You miss it. God's giving you something and you're pining for someone else's. Think about it. You're jealous of that person because they got something that you wanted. But you forget the very blessing you have in front of you. He killed thousands. He was the king. People were coming to see him, not David. They were singing a song and celebrating the victory for Israel. The same way they wanted a king. They rejected the Lord God for a king. And we do that today. God gives you something and we reject it. And we'd rather be like everyone else. God says to young people, be pure. Walk in purity. Walk in purity. Well, I want to be like everyone else. I want to have a boyfriend and a girlfriend. I want to be like everyone else. I want to do that. And you reject the very thing God's given you, which is pure and holy. Same thing. God gives us something as adults. And we reject that because we want to be like everybody else. And you know something? The children of Israel couldn't be anybody else. They're God's chosen. Just like us, we can't be like everybody else. We're God's elect. It's impossible for us to be like anybody else. God is our Lord and Savior. We're all going to be different. And he's going to give us different things. He wants to bless us, but we don't receive it. We lose it. Think about it. See, that's the, you know, the hardest message and to preach in the church is telling people that they're blessed because we don't believe it. Because of all the things around us, we think we're not, we're not measuring up. We don't have what we want. And you have the very life that you're breathing today. 
Life's going to be good because you're not going to hell. Think about it. Right? You got to remember that. Our God blesses us tremendously. From that day on, he eyed David. He was jealous of David, tried to kill him. His son, in the meantime, Jonathan, treated David a whole different way. David, I mean, Jonathan treated David with respect. He knew he was going to be the king. Jonathan should have been the one who was going to be king. But God made, was going to make David king, and Jonathan respected and honored David. See the contrast? One is jealous, the other one is given honor. When someone else is blessed beyond what I think I should be, I'm so excited because after their blessing, here comes mine. In the body of Christ, when one side of the room is getting blessed, it's got to go the whole thing because we're the body. If the arm is being blessed, the leg's got to be blessed. Think about it. So I'm happy for people who are getting, they show, they show us that the Bible works because that gives me hope. If it's working for them, I'm going to work it too. Man, that's exciting. Someone needs to show me that it's working. Yeah, if they're blessed that way, I'm going to be blessed also because I'm going to try to do the same thing they do, not shortcut it. Think about it. Now, that's the Old Testament. Now, the disciples, those are my friends in the New Testament. Now, Jesus, they're walking with Jesus for a couple years, and Jesus has a... Has a uh, Announcement for him. I said, guys, I'm going to go die in Jerusalem. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be, be beaten. I'm going to be crucified. And I'm going to raise again the third day. The third time he told them that. Now, what do you think their response was? Oh, Jesus, is that okay? No. This story I love. The two, the sons of thunder, James and John, they send the mother over. Oh. Okay, it's good that you're going to die, but can you do this one thing for James and John? Can you put them on your right and on your left when you go and you establish your kingdom? And the other ten guys got mad when they... Now you're trying to usurp, usurp the authority. You're trying to move yourself up. You're comparing, I guess it's not good here. Let me move up. And the only reason they got mad, because that's what they were thinking, but those two said it. Because they didn't get it, because Jesus called them all in. This is Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 to 28. I'm not, you don't have to read it. Just write it down. Jesus calls them in there and talks about what leadership is all about, about the one who serves is the one who leads. Because they were looking at, the only thing they had to look at was the Pharisees who kept comparing themselves to Christ. So they said, if we can become the leaders and we're standing with you equal, we'll be somebody. And Jesus said this, You'll be somebody when you serve. Think about it. It's a whole lot different than what the world says. You're going to be someone else. He said, Lord, the Gentiles lord it over you. They rule over you. But in the kingdom of God, and the way you're going to walk in with me is, you're going to serve everybody, not try to leave everybody and elevate yourselves. See that little taste of pride they had. And they, first, they compared themselves with the people. Let's raise up because we're walking with Christ. They didn't get it. Because you know why? Comparing ourselves with, other, with others, I tell you what, it's so easy to slip into that. Because you want to get ahead. Everybody wants to be promoted. Everybody wants to be noticed. 
And when you're serving God, you will be promoted. You will get ahead, and, and God will love you through it versus trying to do it on your own. They missed the mark on that. Because Jesus said even the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life for many. I looked in the Old Testament with Genesis when, um, they were, when Abraham was going to sacrifice, really was going to offer Isaac on the altar. And I saw something. What we call sacrifice, Abraham called it worship. Because he's going up to the hill to worship God, to give something. A lot of times we come in American churches and we come to get something. Hope the sound is good. Hope the music's good. And by God, that preacher better be good. Receive, receive, receive. Now give, give, give. And the philosophy of what Jesus was talking about, we give our lives for those who don't know Jesus Christ. And that's how I compare. Am I, am I winning people to Jesus? Not am I making good church attendance. Am I winning people? To, am I in the right position that Christ wants me to be in? Different comparison. Now, I gave you all the good news about comparing because everyone feels good about comparison. Let me uh, share with you how you can beat this thing. But you don't beat it in one day. It's a continuous thing. You ready? It's going to be deep. First one is, how do we deal with comparing ourselves with others? The first one is, be yourself. Put that scripture up. Be yourself. Begin to accept the way God made you. 1 Corinthians 15, 10. I love this scripture. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Paul talking about, again, he even put it in the very beginning in verse 9, I am not the apostles. I worked harder than the apostles, but it wasn't me working. It was the grace of God, unlimited, unmerited favor, blessing in my life. Praise God, I am who I am. And no one has to like it, but God loves it, so I'm okay with that. Be yourself. We try to be something we're not. All our lives, we're all born originals, we try to die copies. Think about it. Be yourself. Paul knew exactly, I am what I am. What you see up here is it. I spent a lot of years trying to be like everybody else. I am me. Praise the Lord. Don't get no better than that. And you are you. And you're the only one that can do what you do. Think about it. If you don't get a chance to do what God called you to do, one of the richest places on the planet is the graveyard. That's where all the dreams and all the broken things that no one accomplished died and left it there. Someone in this room might be called to um, cure cancer. But if you don't exercise that and you don't pursue that and God shows you what to do, if you don't do it, it dies with you. Because we're all unique. We're all different. And I know you come to this church and say, they're all different. It's all diverse. Praise the Lord. This is, I don't know how God does this. We can't compare each other here. <laughs> you can't even try. Second one is, once you find out who you are and you know, praise God, you praise God for who you are, the grace, the power he's given you, a merited favor. Second one, 2 Timothy 2.1. 
Go back, buddy. 2 Timothy 2.1. Be strong in my child. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Once you find that grace, that hot spot that God's called you to do, grow in that thing. Grow in that thing. Tear it up. Go for it. I love the military. Be all you can be. And I became everything I can be. Today they say, you do all, you got to get out. <laughs> but I enjoyed it because I found my niche. You know what my niche was? I was such a selfish kid from New York City. You know what a job I had? I had to take care of people. <laughs> Pilots. I was, my job was life. Air crew, when I was air crew life support, now it's eighth. My job was to make sure they survive in any kind of accident or on a daily basis. God knew exactly he had to change this selfish kid and make him want to care for people. And my, my, our motto was, your life is our business. You know why God put me in that job? Because he was getting me prepared for the day. Your life is my business. I'm supposed to share the life of God with you, everything that can help you grow up, everything that can help you sustain you. And some people listen and some people don't. That's okay. They didn't listen either. Until emergency came, hey, Pastor, I mean, Sergeant Brown, what did you say about that? Yeah, when Desert Storm happened, everybody, we all became experts. Think about it. Be yourself. It's okay to be yourself. <laughs> we try our best not to look the way God created us. We got plastic surgery. We got wigs. We got this. We got that. Suck them out. Put it on. Put it out. Drink this. Do that. All that. Build up. Oh, well, man. Oh, my gosh. You see a Bowflex um, Bow commercial? Yeah. I'm not going to look like that. <laughs> I don't have two hours a day. To, uh, uh, uh. I don't have that, man. And plus, let me give you some hints. If you're older, whatever you put up, you got to keep up. Because there's a thing called gravity. I love gravity. It's okay. You can be yourself. God created you that way. Be yourself. Second one, be content. Be content. Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13. This is Paul speaking again. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Here is the secret, guys, on how to be content. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can be self-sufficient and an all-sufficient one. I can be self-sufficient and the all-sufficient one. You have to learn how to be content and love God and love how God created you and love life. Think about it. This is not a hype. You got to love this life. Because if Christ is your life, it's a win. You win. I get to help other people discover who Jesus Christ is. Wow. And my unique way of doing it. Man. Tell me God don't have a sense of humor. 
He takes us, we're just clay, we're just broken vessels, and he puts his Holy Spirit in us, and he helps, he tells us, go do the work, do the work I called you to do. Don't be trying to be perfect, just exhibit me in, in the way you want to exhibit me, out of your own being. Be yourself. Last one is, be a Christ follower. Be a Christ follower. Not a church attender. Be a Christ follower. I love this story. This is the last one of comparison. Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus comes back. (laughs) I love this part. And he restores him. He never lost his job because he fell. Because he made a mistake. And then he tells Peter, I know that you love me, but guess what? Your mission is, you're going to preach this gospel, but you're going to wind up dying. And Peter did die. He was crucified, but he said, I'm not going to be crucified the same way Christ was. You put me upside down. And Peter had a moment of crisis in this moment when he told him how he was going to die. Put the scripture up there. I love this part. And then he saw, remember James and John? He saw John, and he said this. When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this guy? Is he going to die too? And this is the only place in the Bible that I think they wrote this in New York. Because he said, this is where you can translate this. Mind your business. You know, Jesus put it nicely in the ESV version. Said, Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, uh-oh, what is that to you? Mind your business. And you follow what? Me. Every coach will tell you that. Offense, defense, special teams. The bad teams are the ones who when they get in the huddle or they get on television, they complain, if they're the defense, they complain about the offense. That's a bad team. I love what the Patriots say. Do your job. You're a linebacker, you linebacker. You're a running back, you running back. Do your job. I love in Christianity. Our job is go make disciples. Do your thing the way God called you to do it. Don't be intimidated by how someone else does it. Don't compare yourself to everybody because you're unique. You are, like he says, Ephesians 2, 2.10, a masterpiece in work. God is drawing out your life, and he's the perfect one who knows how to do it. Don't everyone tell you that you don't measure up. Don't anybody tell you that you're not good enough. Because when God has put you here, he is crafting something. He's crafting all your lives. And he says, those who know me will live an abundant life and do things you never thought you'd do. Why? Because our God, we don't have to reject him. You don't have to hear that from me. God will tell you that every single day, how special you are. You don't need to hear no, young, young girls, you don't need to hear no knucklehead dude tell you how good you are. Unless he knows how good God is. 
Don't fall for that lie. Because he's lying. Okay? Been there, done that. That's all I got to say. <laughs> now, for us young people, us older folks who are trying to start life over again, same advice. Let God direct your, your, uh, your spouse. Let God direct the affairs of your life. Let God do those things. Don't settle for what someone else says. When you have put your hands in someone else's life, or someone puts their hand, you try to, they try to form your life, they're always going to form it too small. They're always going to form it too small. God is the only one that forms it huge. And you'll look at it and say, there's no way I can do this. And you're so right, because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I can do this. I want our worship team to come up. Worship team. Because you are who you are. By the grace of God, you're awesome. By the grace of God, you're marvelous. You're a masterpiece. You're kings, queens. Like we heard last week, God don't make junk because our God ain't junk. Our God is awesome. He makes some awesome kids. And y'all are awesome. But you got to remember, you have, Paul had those three questions. Am I doing what God's called me to do? Am I glorifying God? And I'm being effective. When you walk with Christ and you follow Christ, he's going to lead you first to a body. I mean, first to him. Second, to a body where you can plant and you can grow. Because that's how God works. He works in teams. If one of our team members is down, we're all down. That's how he works. So a fully Christ follower, if you're just coming out or you've been attending, if you're a guest, welcome. We want to let you know, when you're following, we're Christ followers. And we know Christ calls us to him first, family second. And welcome, if you are thinking about welcome to this amazing family. Because God does not make junk.